Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Joanna. And this is Growing Home Together. Caring for the soul of your family, helping you grow closer to God. And each other. Thank you for joining us today at the Growing Home Together podcast. Today we're talking about coping with stress as a couple. Yes, we are recording this today in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic where everyone we know, probably you two, are experiencing a high level of stress in one form or another. We know we have friends who have lost their jobs, lost their paychecks. Some of you have lost your health or even lost a loved one. And we're all having to cope with the restrictions and staying at home with our kids every single day. So this kind of stress will either pull us together or push us apart as a couple. So the question we want to talk about today is how can a husband and wife cope with stress together? Yeah, it's um, it's a unique time that we're living in right now. Sure is. Yeah, we um, when this started, we were trying to figure out anniversary plans and birthday plans and um, and the, the hard thing is you can't, uh, there's nowhere to go, uh, right now with our stress. We're all in the same house together and we're locked in together. So it creates uh, unique stressors and gives us those red flags that maybe we can look at and say, why are we stressed like this? But, uh, we're reminded in first Peter four twelve and 13, that we shouldn't be surprised when stress comes. It says, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that you have come under that's testing you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the suffering of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. That's right, Rob. Uh, We've been married now for 28 years, and looking back, we definitely have memories of all kinds of seasons where the stress got really high. Really, for me, two of those come to mind. About 10, 11 years ago, our family made a cross-country move so that Rob could take a new job here in Michigan, and wow, our stress was through the roof. We were pulling our kids out of everything that was familiar. We were having to navigate new schools, new churches, saying goodbye to family. There was a lot of loss, really. And I remember during that season, actually, Rob and I didn't handle our stress very well, And we came out the other side of that move probably as far apart as we had ever been. But then fast forward about five years, and at that point, Rob and I were foster parenting, and we were in the adoptive process with our son, and that brought a whole layer of stress that we'd also never experienced before. And it was amazing to me that in just five years, God brought us to a point of practicing teamwork, mutual support. We walked through the fires of that adoption process really probably more united than we'd ever been. So there were some significant changes that happened in our relationship that made us be able to cope with stress successfully. And really, if we look at it, it didn't happen by accident. There were concrete things that we built into our marriage that made all the difference. Yeah, for sure. And when I look back on those times, I think we did learn through that fiery trial, I guess, of that first one that when we were faced with, the, the circumstances were similar in that we, we felt out of control. Absolutely. But I think God really used that first situation that we didn't handle so well of the move to prepare us. Um, you know, one of the first things that we learned in that process was give your spouse room to respond to the stress the way they 
want to or in their own way. Right. Yeah. Usually you tend to marry your opposite. (laughs) Chances are the way that your spouse responds to stress is going to look a lot different than the way that you do. Um, Rob and I find it kind of funny, really. Um, When Rob is feeling stressed, he stress cleans, which I'm telling you, that is the most awesome stress (laughs) response to be married to. When I'm stressed, I want a pajama day on the couch. Uh, But anyway, you might notice that one of you under stress is more of a beer and the other one is more of a doer. And so the beer might want to be left alone and just be quiet. And the doer might be like, hey, why aren't you cleaning the garage with me? And it can create a lot of friction between you just because of your personality. Yeah. And I mean, I remember you've even said to me sometimes when you know when I'm stress cleaning and when you're, when your uh, kids call you cleaning man, when that's the title that you get. Um, oh yeah. They even made up a song. Yeah. You, <laughs> you know, maybe you've gone a little OCD with it um, when you're stressed. So you have sometimes told me I'd rather you not clean. Um, you joke that about this, the stress cleaning, but you could tell the difference when I'm serving you and when I'm just acting out of stress and it creates extra stress for you. It raises your stress level too. Right. But since I understand that is part of your personality, you need to be a man in motion when you're feeling stressed. And so for me to kind of give you space for that is a way for me to love you in the middle of a stressful situation and for you to allow me to just slow down and not have a big agenda for the day is your way of loving me when I'm feeling that anxiety. Yeah, and we need to to be able to, you know, especially in this time where we're with each other 24-7 in lockdown, we need to give each other that okay and even a thumbs up and maybe recognize those signs when, um, if I am cleaning heavily, to even say, why don't you go for a run or or different things like that. And I need to do the same for you to step in and, and help when and let you take 10 minutes on the couch or, or whatever. Right. Right. And, you know, I think those personality differences can show up a lot, too, with the way we express our emotions. Uh, You might have one person in your marriage who is very expressive emotionally, who's a little more quick to cry, a little more quick to get frustrated, uh, much more verbally descriptive of how they're feeling. And the other one might naturally be more quiet and kind of pull a little more inward when that anxiety is rising. So, the thing that can happen is the emotionally expressive one in your marriage might feel unheard or might feel like they're being accused of being hysterical or not showing self-control or being maybe a little irrational. And the person who wants a little bit of quietness and space because they go a little inward might feel like um, they're misunderstood, that maybe they're not feeling the depth of feelings that they're having just because they're not as evident on the surface. Yeah, and I think, um, I know for me, and maybe that's, this is generalizing, maybe that's a guy thing, but I always think my job is to f- to correct the stress, you know, to fix it, to fix the problem. And so I think it's important to remember the goal is not to change the way your spouse is responding to the stress, but to kind of look at ourselves and say, how can I serve and love my spouse better? Obviously, there's there's triggers here. There's th- there's reasons why they're stressed. How can I help be part of the process and you know not the problem? Right. I I think probably the area where Rob and I have grown the most in that has been um, 
in our personality differences where when I'm feeling overwhelmed or completely filled with anxiety, I need more and more connection. So I want a lot more hugs, a lot more quality time, a lot more conversation, I just a lot more physical closeness where he'll just sit with me, um, where he makes himself available, where I can just express when I need to what's going on. And so sometimes when I'm uh, when I'm anxious, I feel a little bit like a puppy following Rob around. Connect with me, connect with me. And Rob is the opposite, of, aren't you, Rob? I am, yeah. And I'm. I tend to want to go inward. I process my stress um, by thinking it through. By like you said earlier, like doing active things. So I want to go for a run, and generally want to process my stress and my thoughts alone, and then I can come back. So. I think part of the reason, like when when we go back to the moving across the country, is when we're both experiencing high amounts of stress at the same time, we're counteracting against each other with with the way we want to handle stress. You're you're saying I need you to draw closer to me, and I'm pulling away, saying I need some space uh, so I can process the stress. Right. And and all of a sudden, our stress becomes conflict now. So we add we add this conflict in our relationship on top of the stress we're already having. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a matter of, um, you know, kind of the, se- I guess that moves into our second point of what the way we learned and that's speak your needs. Exactly. Communicate about how you're feeling. Um, we tend to just react the way we react with stress and we need to share that stress with each other. Right. So verbally, this is what I'm feeling, and this is what I need. Exactly. I think it's easy, especially maybe when you've been married for a long time, to just assume your partner knows, and they don't. <laughs> Neither of us has learned the art of mind reading quite yet. So <laughs> uh, even though I might be thinking that my cues are really obvious that I'm seeking connection, they might not be. And for me to just assume that Rob knows, oh, she really needs to have me just sit with her and give her some undivided attention. Um, That's not really fair. And then for me to uh, put my own desire for connection above Rob's need for a little bit of space um, would be pretty self-serving. And so uh, for me, probably the greatest sign that that's his need in the moment is that he goes to our basement office and shuts the door. And I could take that as rejection. I could take that as him making me lonely or making me feel neglected, but really he's just trying to get his need met. But there have been times, and it's so helpful when Rob can just say, I think I've hit my max, I'm going to go take an hour. And because I love him, it frees me up to just kind of release him and give him that time. I know he's going to come back. That's the beautiful thing about him talking to me, is he's not leaving me all day. He's just going to go do some self-care and be better equipped to come back to me and relate with me. Yeah. And this is, you know, at the same point, I have to remember that when you're stressed, you're not looking for the same things I am. And it it can be easy for me to kind of give you space and not stop and say, wait, she wants me to draw closer. So even though she's giving those looks, like the same looks that I might, that stress face and thing that say to me, oh, I need to, I need to go for a run or I need to do something. When you're doing that, I need to remember Oh, Joanna wants me to draw closer to her. She needs to hear that I love her and put my arm around her. And and that is going to relieve her stress. Right. And, And kind of on a side note, I think as we've kind of wised up a little bit 
to those unique personality traits that we have and the unique needs that we have that has kind of spilled over into our parenting. Um, as Rob has learned to be sensitive to my needs and the way that I cope with stress, he can kind of have a clearer eye on our kids to recognize how unique they are too. We have one kid a lot like me, super high relator. <laughs> yep. He cannot get enough quality time. And so um, he also actually has an anxiety disorder. So he's operating out of a place of stress more often than he's not. And so I love seeing that in Rob, um, his willingness to just pour in the time with this kiddo because he knows that that's ministering to him and his stress. And then we have daughters too, who are teenagers Teenagers tend to like to be in their room with the door shut anyway, <laughs> but when they're feeling that anxiety, they really need that. And Rob, you told me before that sometimes that confuses you. The, the fact that, that we haven't seen our girls' faces for a few hours, but you're like, oh, that's right. This is, this is how they're handling midterms. Right. Is, yeah, right. yeah. And you have um, learned to give the girls a lot of room for when they do need those hours on their own. Yeah, and I think... Um kind of learning each other's cues too. I mean, there are times where I will give them that space and you you will know, okay, we need to step in now or vice versa. Right. And so I think also listening to each other mm-hmm. with in our parenting too is is helpful. Right. So yeah, the just speaking our needs out loud, not making each other try to guess and and not getting resentful if we get it wrong. I mean, we get it wrong. Yeah, sometimes sure. I misread you entirely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think this is the question I have for you. So we're in this this unique COVID-19 situation. So there are many times where we're both going through the stress and we're in this position where I I need to retreat and you want closeness and we're going through that at the same time. So what would you what would you say to couples when we're when we're faced with that situation? Yeah, I think it comes down to communicating and planning. I mean, our days can start to blur together quite a bit during this quarantine. They all look the same. But if at the beginning of the day, we kind of map out a flow uh, where these are the hours we're going to invest in our day on our own, but then let's make sure tonight after our kids go to bed that we give our marriage an hour to really just be present, um, that can make a lot of difference. Yeah. Yeah. And you might have to be creative. Um, we sure have the other day, our day, I mean, we're, we're big believers in taking that, those date nights and, and time to, for us to connect. And the other night it was, um, a car ride to the pharmacy to get some medicine for one of our kids and a drive through for some ice cream. Right. And, and that it was the first date we'd had, in weeks weeks yeah mm-hmm. and we're used to kind of at least once a week trying to to get out for a couple hours alone and those things also add to the stress but you you just we have to be creative right so um i think the last thing we've learned and this is probably the most valuable lesson we've we've learned um that has helped kind of the other things solidify even more is to admit that we can't handle these things on our own and recognize how much we need God in the midst of this individually, but, but together as well. And I think that was another really big lesson we learned through the fostering and adoption process in a unique way. We, we felt 
like we didn't have control. And so it increased our prayer life like never before as a couple. Right. We look back on that season and we call it really our school of prayer. God had to bring us to a place where we were willing to put our son in his hands and release him. And if that meant saying goodbye forever, to be able to do it gladly and willingly and trust that God had him, even if we didn't have him in our home. And so it was almost um, a season of grief in the waiting to see what was going to happen. But wow, I'm so grateful now because we had never come together in prayer like that ever before. And to pray that consistently and that earnestly. And I think I think there's something about that foster and adoptive process that really <laughs> stripped a, a, any self-consciousness away where before praying could feel a little awkward or a little uncomfortable. Uh, we didn't have it in us to even have any kind of layers. So we just really learned to let it all hang out in our prayer life with each other and get really real. And that habit and normalcy of just coming together with the Lord over and over again has persisted to this day. I'm so glad. Yeah, me too. Um, and I I think it's helpful as we talk about coping with stress as a couple. Even when we're going through a stressful time individually or both feeling stress as a couple together, to remember that I think that's why God allows us to go through some of these stressful situations is so that we will depend on him more and realize we can't handle the stress on our own. And that's one of the biggest gifts I think we get out of. And and each situation is unique in and of itself. But I think, you know, even in this COVID-19 situation, knowing that we can cast these cares on God, even with all the uncertainties, gives us a lot more peace in the midst of it. Yeah, definitely. And I think when we hear the word prayer, that can seem like a very big and a very vague word. Um, But really... Prayer doesn't have to be complicated. I love that in the middle of our Bibles, we have the huge book of Psalms that is just one Psalm after another of words to express our needs and our hurt and our fear and our stress um, to God. And so you and your spouse can just pick up the book of Psalms, like especially Psalm 91 is really powerful, and even just pray those words together. You don't even have to come up with your own words and just let the Bible speak for you. Yeah, it. Uh, a few years ago, our pastor was actually the one who recommended whenever you're going through a situation, I mean, there's 150 Psalms, there's, there's plenty to choose from. And David had experienced, um, he wasn't the only Psalm author, but one of the primary, you know, he, he had all the different emotions, doubt, fear, um, you name it. And so um, he said, when you're going through a hard situation or a stressful situation, find your psalm. And so we do that when we're when we're in an unusually unique situation, we go find a psalm that seems specific to our situation that we're praying through or struggling through, and we hold on to that, and it does become a prayer mantra for that season in life. Right, right. Yeah, some other great psalms, just to, to throw some out if you're looking for some at this time, I think is Psalm 23, of course, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, is a great one. Um, one of my favorites is is Psalm 46, Be Still and Know That I Am God. That's a great one, too. Is there a psalm that you hold on to, Joanna? Uh, there sure is. Uh, back when we thought we might have to say goodbye to our son, I was praying Psalm 86 
every single day. And that really was my lifeline. And what's amazing to me is that our lives look so different now than they did then. And the challenges we face now are different than then. But that psalm is still my psalm. It's just incredible. Yeah, that's great. I think the the last point we want to make is just to let the stress do its work in your relationship. That's absolutely right. God never allows a struggle or a trial to come into your marriage without intending to use it for your good. So we can work with that stressor instead of resisting it. Yeah, I love what James 1 um, says, James 1, 2 through 4. Consider it pure joy, my brother and sister, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That's right. And that's kind of what we were describing at the beginning of this conversation is that God needed to mature our marriage because that whole train wreck of a move really showed us some pretty significant areas of immaturity in the way that we were interacting with each other. We kind of clued in once we got here that we had landed in a pretty poor place with one another. But we realized, hey, this is now our chance to kind of pull together and grow through it. So what we did was uh, we started going out for coffee dates and we called it our do-it-yourself marriage counseling. And we got just really open with each other. We had to confess to each other how we hadn't been there for each other. We hadn't listened. We hadn't shown any empathy. We had totally chosen to try to get everything to go our way instead of caring what the other person wanted or needed. Um, we'd let each other down pretty hard. So in those hours at the coffee shops, we just started to unpack it and name it and confess it and get clean with each other, get right with God, and start over with a clean slate. And we sure learned what not to do. And by that, we began to be able to learn what we ought to do. And I think that's what turned it all around. Yeah. It's amazing to me how you can start with a circumstance or a situation that is a stressor and it doesn't take long in your marriage when it becomes conflict between you. You start looking at the other person as the reason for your stress. Right. Um, and so it's so easy when you get into that cycle to miss what God's trying to teach you through it. And what we love to say at Growing Home Together is the home is where God teaches us how to love better. So a lot of times that does not look the way we want it to, right? I mean, right. sometimes it's it's ugly and messy because we're working it out. We're working it through, but it, it allows us to love each other better. It allows us to love our kids better. It allows us to love our na- neighbors better. Um, but God uses that as kind of the training ground. And, and if we're if we're too caught up in the in the circumstances and we don't cast those upon God and see how we can help each other in the process, we miss we miss the opportunity to grow in that love. Right. And really, if you think back a little bit, do a little reminiscing about your marriage. If I think about key moments in my life with Rob, when I felt the most understood and the most cherished, it actually wasn't during the most romantic moments, like when he got on his knee to propose or we had a special anniversary trip or something. The times that I felt the most significantly loved by Rob were when I was at rock bottom and he was there and he loved me right where I was and he didn't heap on 
more burdens of expectation or judgment or criticism, but he just loved me. And I think the reason that is is because that's when he was the most like Jesus to me. Yeah, and I um, we had had a situation um, just yesterday, actually, where I felt very loved by Joanna. We um, So we've been Zooming with our small group, our church small group, and we love these people like crazy. Um, and we've been doing it every week just to encourage each other during this, this time and pray for each other. And, I mean, we spend all week on our, our computer with what we do with writing and different things. And so I was maxed out. And um, sometimes because of those different ways we, we handle stress, I mean, for you, you want connection. Right. And a lot of times for me, when we do our Zoom group, it's encouraging to me too. But I mean, for you, that that's a life-giving. And, and I was just max. So we were supposed to meet yesterday. I'm like, is it okay if we just tell the group that we'll convene next week and to send our, our prayers to each other because I was just maxed out and no questions asked. She just sent, sent the email to everybody and just, it was honest that I was, I was kind of maxed. Everybody understood it, totally understood it. But I felt loved in that moment. I even put my arms around you and thanked you because it wasn't, uh, you know, you could tell that I was stressed and that I needed that little break and, and you gave it. So Thank you. (laughs) You're very welcome. Yeah. Well, you know, um, we're feeling the effects of this time. It's hard to be so confined and so limited and so unsure of what the future is going to hold. It's really hard to see people you care about Mm -hmm. um, going through tough things. Can we just pray for you right now in the stress that you're in? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Father God, we just... We thank you that we can cast all our cares upon you because you care for us. And we thank you that we can, um, even though we do not understand everything that's going on, you told us that we did not need to worry about tomorrow, Um, that we could trust you completely today, that you would care for our needs. You know the numbers of hairs on our head. Uh, You care for us more than the the sparrow, Um, and you watch over them. And so, God, we just... Um, commit each person to you who is listening today and just ask, Father, that you would give them a special measure measure of grace, um, that they would just know that you're with them. And each couple that's listening, I just pray, Lord, that your blessing would be on their marriage, that you would um, show them through maybe the stressors that they're going through right now, how you want to use it to grow their relationship um, with each other and draw them closer to each other, how they can serve each other and love each other through that stress, uh, but also how you want to draw them closer to you in greater dependence on you, in greater love for you, um, and greater trust in you. And I just ask today that you would just show up for each and every one of them in a really special way, that they could see your love and your hand on their lives. And we thank you for each person listening and we thank you for this this time. And we thank you that we do have you to take our, our stressors to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And you know, if you want to find some resources to help you and your spouse grow closer together and closer to the Lord, we would love to meet you over at our website at growinghometogether.com. You'll find our Mr. and Mrs. Marriage Devotional. You'll find date idea cards to spend quality time together. We have a prayer book so you can go before the Lord together. We even have conversation cards just to get the 
dialogue flowing and have a little bit of fun. So yeah, we'd love to help support your marriage with the unique items on our website. Yeah, and we just um, released a 21-day devotional on our website too called Fearless Love, and it's free. So if you want to go over there and download that for free and, and get started, we would love for you to do that too. So thank you so much for this time or spending this time with us, and we just wish you all the blessings. Mm-hmm.